A number of weeks back, we invited you to join us as a church family on this amazing journey that we're calling the Now Campaign. It's going to be a three-year journey. And um, I shared with you that whenever we are on an exciting adventure with God, first of all, uh, we are challenged with our faith. How many of you know stepping out in faith causes fear? And so many times people, when they're challenged to go on the journey, they say, no, because they don't want to be challenged. They don't want to be pushed out of their comfort zone, right? And then I said, anytime you do something worthwhile for the Lord, uh, there's going to be a cost involved. And some people don't like cost involved because that sounds like sacrifice. And so they say, ow, and they let the owl rob them of the journey, all right? But I shared with you, ladies, the great switch here, whoosh, the end for the W. All right, if we join the Lord and we move in faith and radical generosity, we win. And so someday we will look back past tense and go, we won, all right? All right, you, back, as norm, back as normal, back as normal. All right, there we go. So... Today we are seizing one of those moments, and, and I wanted to share with you, what we did last time around is we have what we call an early commitment dinner, and normally at the early commitment dinner, we invite all of our veterans, like Living Stones, long timers. They got the Stoners t-shirt to prove it. They've been around forever, all right? Um, and so we invite all the veterans out, and then what we do is we ask a small representative group to give and to make their pledges early so we can come to you on this Sunday and we can say, hey, we want you to know that our leadership team and our leaders, we're pledging this amount and, and that everybody goes, yay. And then the whole point of that is you're inspired to do your part and together we can all get this done. All right. But we did something totally crazy this year. We did not lead with our veterans. We led the way with all of our Living Stones newbies. All right, all of, the, all of the new people, all right? Now, it wasn't all of the new people because we couldn't fit you all in the banquet. We only had room for 100, about 180 people. Um, uh, so about 90 family units or 90 giving units, okay? So I'm just putting this in perspective. Now, I received a text this week that about knocked me on the ground because it was such an amazing text. It was such a mind-blowing text. It was such an exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think text because what happened is while I was away, the guys totaled the pledges and the amount of pledges for the next three years just from a handful of our newbies who represent basically, you ready for this, a quarter of our population. So, okay, so what I'm gonna show you, the number that's gonna pop up on the screen in just a second is just our early commitment pledges. Our goal was, our low goal was two million. Our mid-range goal was two and a half million. Our wouldn't this be awesome goal was three million. All right, now let this all sink in. So the number you're gonna see represents one-fourth of the potential of this house, all right? One million. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you come over. There we go. Get that up there. Get that up there. Wow. Wow. That is crazy. That is crazy. Which is why our now campaign just got transitioned into the wow campaign. All right. 
All right, I do have one more announcement. Next week is Mother's Day. Don't forget, don't forget to do something great for mom. All right, give these ladies a hand. Awesome job. Wow. Now, just dream with me. Dream with me. Now, obviously, when we look out to raise $3 million, that's not the total cost of our expansion, but that takes a nice big chunk out of it. How many of you could believe with me that we could build this thing debt-free? Come on. Come on. Come on. Amen. And I was just at an amazing place this week where out in Lubbock, Texas. How many of you know in Lubbock, Texas, everything is dirt? There's, you can't find anything green in Lubbock, Texas. This was springtime in Lubbock, Texas. I have no idea what summer looks like out there, but this was springtime. Unless you intentionally water something and on purpose make it grow, there's nothing green out there. But on the property we were at, which was a kingdom business, kingdom at work, their entire grounds looked like the Garden of Eden. In fact, they showed an aerial view of their property and everything surrounding, and it looked like this oasis in the middle of it. It looked like the Garden of Eden. How many of you know we still have a vision to transform that whole western side of our property into an uh, an outdoor amphitheater, wedding venue, uh, lake, uh, pavilions, places where you can gather on this property and connect with the Lord and connect with each other? Um, How many of you know it's good to dream big for kingdom things? And um, and at the end of our service today, we're gonna we're going to seize a moment. We're going to do something together that I think is going to be really really fun. But I want to put it into context, and I want you to turn with me this morning to Joshua chapter one. Joshua chapter one. You remember last Sunday we were talking about Jonathan and his armor bearer, and the passage starts out with this phrase, and I want you to hear this. One day it says Jonathan. One day Jonathan, and then it goes on to explain. How many of you know? Jonathan took one day, a normal day, like every other day. In fact, a pretty normal 24-hour period day, all right? But on that one day, Jonathan grabbed a hold of that moment with the armor bearer, and they said, perhaps God has something up his sleeve, and perhaps maybe just one day could become someday. Someday that it would actually be remembered in the history, and we're still reading it in the Bible. The Holy Spirit chose to keep it uh, in the book, you all with me. He chose to tell the story so we could rehearse it as we did last Sunday. And I want you to get this. I want to really frame this moment. This is how, if, if God were writing a chapter in his book about us, I believe it would say this. One day, the Livingstones family decided to seize an opportunity and turn it into something historic. And I want you to understand that, you know, I, I don't know about you, I like making history together. And I just want to put this in, in context. We're making history now, okay? This Sunday is a day that when we look back at Living Stones Church history, this is one of those moments. I want you to savor it. Like, you're here, all right? Two weeks, I'll give you the t-shirt to prove it, all right? Because everybody who, who sews into this um, We'll have a t-shirt to remember, all right, because we're all in this together. Now, here's the deal. This is a day, one day, Livingstone's church and the church family there chose to seize a moment and do something radical and do something full of faith and do something groundbreaking and ground-taking for the kingdom of God. That's the, that's the nature of seizing moments. And I want you to see here in Joshua chapter 1, they're facing another one of those divine moments, a now opportunity. The Bible says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. 
Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. And then I want you to look at this promise in verse 3. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I have given you. And then verse 4 gives the parameters of that land. How many of you know they're in a transition season right here? And every time, I just want to say with you, we're, we're in a transition season in history of living stones because today we're writing, we're opening a new chapter in our book. Isn't that awesome? In God's book of what he's doing. And I want you to see this. While Moses is dead, I mean, you know, God is not dead. And I'm grateful for this because what that means is the promises of God are not contingent upon my lifespan or your lifespan. God's purposes in the earth go from generation to generation. In fact, I have to tell you, anybody that's on the stage on Sunday morning, we have this amazing view of heaven because when we look out, we see three generations represented every week. We see Abraham, we see Isaac, and we see Jacob. They're all represented. Because how many of you know only Jesus is big enough to gather all the generations together, and the one bit of glue that holds us all together is our passion for Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? So the church is the one place on, su- on Sunday mornings when you can look out and you can see Every age group gathered together under the banner of Jesus Christ, worshiping the same king. And I want to remind you that we're doing something now, my generation, for the next generation and the next generation. And ready for this? The generations to come until Jesus returns. This is historic. Those who have gone before us may be dead. Some of us will have our, our appointment with history, uh, perhaps in you know, not too distant future. But here's the point. God is not dead. God is alive. God's promises are alive. God's purposes are alive. And as long as Jesus has not returned, how many of you know we want this place to be giving life out to people until Jesus returns? That means every young person in this room, I want you to get skin in the game. We're sacrificing for you. We're believing God for you. This is your future. This is your place. This is where you get to continue to grab the baton and take it to the next generation and the next generation. Because while Moses is dead, guess what? Joshua was getting the baton. It's Joshua's generation. It's Joshua's time to lead. How many of you know Moses took them out of Egypt, but Joshua's going to take them into the promised land? And I want you to notice that God works in different ways in different generations. With Moses, you remember God sent the wind. It blew all through the night. And God told Moses to lift his staff, remember? But God was the one doing most of the heavy lifting in, the, in the, that situation. In other words, all Moses had to do was lift up his staff. God paved the way. You know the rest of the story. They marched through on dry ground. It was an amazing miracle. How many of you know when they get ready to cross the Jordan, they got to get their feet wet? The river's not already parted. In fact, the river is at flood, flood season, all right? This river is a dangerous river. And God always says in our lives, there are Jordans to cross. How many of you know in your own life, the, the river Jordan is symbolic of a, of a kingdom decision, a now moment that, that, where you're confronted with some things, and you've got you to kind of do a gut check. And so here at this point in Israel's history, I want you to see something. They have their now moment, all right? And here's the question. Will they seize the opportunity that their parents missed? I told you that the the lifetime of an opportunity has to be seized within the opportunity. The opportunity of a lifetime has to be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. I messed that up three times, but I hope you got it. It's a profound statement when it's said correctly. I'm not sure what it is when it comes out confused, but you guys can figure that one out. Anyway. Here's the deal. 
Many times I think they're looking back and they're probably ashamed of their past because how many know they missed four decades moseying around out in the wilderness? Have you ever had things in your past that you're a little bit ashamed of and the devil likes to bring it up, beat you over the head with it and remind you of that? So they've got the shame of the past, but how many also know they have the fear of the future? I mean, they are standing here looking back and with shameful memories of where they dropped the ball, where they didn't believe God, and then looking forward at what God's inviting them to. But guess what? The future is still full of the unknown and challenges and stuff like that. So what are they going to do? That's the choice before them. But how many of you know they've got the same God and they've got the same promise? And I want you to look at this, verse 3. I promise you what I promised Moses. Whatever you set your foot, wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I have given to you. How many of you know those promises are the things that keep us connected from generation to generation? Now, some Christians get all nitpicky. And they're like, well, who is that promise really for? That promise isn't for us. Listen for me. If the promise is in the book, I'm claiming it. I'm grabbing all of it. If God gave a promise to his people to move forward boldly and that wherever they set their foot, they could take dominion. How many of you know it would probably do America good for the church to start believing that again? And nations that are waiting to hear the gospel, then maybe we start believing that again. The earth is the Lord's, and he's still waiting for us to believe the promise that we're to take dominion and to occupy until Jesus comes. That's the promise before us. So I want you to look at God's commitment to his people in verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I mean, you know, that would be a really good promise to hear before you put your foot in the river. I mean, I'm, this, this is about really... No one's going to be able to stand before you as long as you live. Whoa! I'm ready to go jump in the river right now. How about you? And look at what he says next. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. We shared last week the gift, the land was a gift from God. But the gift had to be appropriated and possessed, which meant that there were people they had to fight. They weren't just going to get handed this gift and stroll on in and they take over the land. Every step of that ground was contested battlefield. And I share with you a couple weeks ago, when, when, uh, when the prophet grabbed the king's hands and shot, Elisha shot that arrow into the enemy's camp, it was a declaration of war. Can I just tell you something? Today we've, we've declared war. And I want to remind you that whenever you declare war against the enemy, there's always pushback. So can I encourage you? Don't be shocked when you hit speed bumps. Don't be shocked when you hit opposition. Here's, what, here's the key. It means that you're relevant. It means that you're relevant. It means that we picked a fight with the enemy, and it means that the ground is going to be contested. But here's what it also means. Every place you put your foot is yours. Do it in faith. Step out in faith. Move in boldness. Trust the Lord. Believe God because he promises to be with us. The command to possess the land comes with danger and risk. But here's the good news. God gives us two things which are absolutely wonderful. He gives us his promises. Can you say amen to that? And he gives us, we got a worshiper up front here. She's going to come up She's going to come up here and preach with me. There she he gives us his promises, but listen, he gives us his presence. And I want to encourage you all along the way 
In fact, this is how we encourage you to make this pledge today. This is not a pledge based on rational knowledge. It's not a pledge based on just looking at your checkbook. It's a pledge based on hearing the, Lord, the Word of the Lord and obeying the Word of the Lord. And can I encourage you, you're never going to be more in touch with reality than right here, right now. Pastor, what do you mean by that? This is what I mean by that. When we're in the presence of the Lord together and we're worshiping and we're singing this amazing truth, I mean, no, we, we had some great truth that came out of our, off of our lips today. And it's all from the Word of God. When we declare the praises of God, when we get lost with the hundreds of millions of angels singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, many times God drops something into your spirit. Not here, right here. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The word of the Lord many times is sudden and unexpected, and it's usually mind-blowing. That's also how you know it's God. God says things that are exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. You and I think normal thoughts, the devil thinks stupid thoughts. That's how you separate them, all right? But can I just tell you, when you're in the presence of God's people, in the presence of King Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is moving in this place, you're as, as, in as normal as an environment as you possibly can be. When you go out there, that's not normal, all right? You're buffeted with all kinds of attacks. The devil lies. You've got people, fallen people, broken people. You've got limitations. All kinds. But in the presence of God, all things are possible. That's why when God speaks to you in here, grab a hold of it because as soon as you go out there, it will come under attack. Let me, give you, let me show you how this, this works. Some of you, you already came up to me. I, I love our church. You're so excited. This is what the Lord said. Oh, my gosh, you blew our minds. We don't know how this is going to happen, but we're excited. You're my tribe. I love, I love to be hanging out with crazy people, all right? That's, but here's the deal. So you know it wasn't the devil, and you know it wasn't you. You know it was God. But guess what happens when you come up here at the end of this service? When you drop a pledge, a faith pledge, something that you wrote out, and you said, we're God, we're believing you for this, and you drop it in there, you just shot an arrow. I mean, I want you to see this. You shot an arrow into enemy territory, and you said, we're declaring corporate war on the devil. All right? I, I, I'm, just, I'm just letting you know. So what happens when you do that is you go home today, I'm not prophesying this over anybody, and your refrigerator burns out. You're, oh, it's warm out today. Let's kick the air on. Oh, the air conditioner doesn't work. I'm telling you this after many decades of experience picking fights with the devil. Because this, this is called pushback. And here's what I don't want you to do. Oh my gosh, I thought that was God, but now my refrigerator is broken. It must not be God. It was God! The devil is after your refrigerator because he wants to tick you off. The devil's after your flat tire, maybe in the parking lot today. We got a flat tire on Commitment Sunday. I got my dog hit by a car the day before I went on a mission trip. The devil's a jerk. All right, now the dog was okay, and I went on the mission trip. But I'm just telling you, he knows how to irritate people. And, I, and I'm telling you, you got to get a mentality that's right. When the devil is irritating you, recognize what's happening and laugh at him. <laughs> my stinking refrigerator is not working. Hallelujah! That's the best you got? That's the best you got? Jesus, Lord. Come on, the little children is praising. All right. My point is this. Listen, when you pick a fight with the enemy, you better have some promises. What, are, what does God promise to do? Let's take a look. Here's God's responsibility. I will be with you. Can anybody say hallelujah to that? 
I will be with you. With me when? With me when we need him most. And I've had people over the years say, Pastor, I'm with you. I'm right behind you. They say it with a whisper. That's always a bad sign. Pastor, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. And then you turn around and you go, how, how, how with me are you? Hey, is that you back there? Yeah, you're with me, right behind me. Way behind me. I mean, you know, you need the Lord the most when you're engaged with the enemy. And the Lord's not going to be whispering in your, hey, hey, man, I'm with you. And you're looking around, where is God? No, no, no. He, he says, I'm going to be with you, with you in the midst of the fight. Look at the second thing. I will not fail you. You know, that's a pretty good promise right there. Yeah. I will not fail you. Third thing, I will not abandon you. In other words, I'm not going to leave you high and dry when you need me the most. I mean, you know, we gotta, we're going to have to meditate on these verses right here over the next three years. Because when you're being engaged with challenges, you need to say, thank you, Father, you're with me. Thank you, Father, you're not going to fail me. Thank you, Father, you're not going to abandon me. In fact, the original Hebrew says this, I will never make you sink. I will never drop you. Now, you know, when the Lord says he's not going to let us sink, that means that there's going to be some water levels that are going to rise. I mean, you know, you're never worried about drowning unless the water levels are rising. But the Lord says this, I will not let you sink. And I want you to see the second thing. God says, I'm not going to drop you. If God can't drop us, what's that mean? It means you're being carried in the everlasting arms of the Father. This is good news, all right? God's not going to drop you. His presence guarantees the fulfillment of his promise, and his presence inspires faith and courage. And some of you are saying, well, pastor, you're quoting all this Old Testament stuff. All right, just listen, Hebrews 13, 5. I will never fail you, Jesus says, and I'm never going to abandon you. There's some good old new covenant stuff. How do you know if, and I want you to hear this, if the promises of God for his people in the old covenant are staggering, why would you expect less as a new covenant believer? Well, tithings, that's part of the old covenant. Okay, if you want to go there. Why would you expect God to not bless you more in the New Testament and bless you with the ability to be even more generous than simply under the tithe? I mean, come on, we got to think correctly. God's promise and his presence have not waned. Now let's get to our commitment, and then we're going to respond to this. Our commitment. The Bible says in verse 6, Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Be strong and possess, and be strong and very courageous. I'm sorry. There it is again, two times. I want you to pick up some patterns here with me, all right? Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in some of the things that you attempt. Oh, no, that's not. I'm, I got the wrong turn. No. Then you will be successful in what? Everything. Whoa. I mean, I mean, you know, that's a big promise right there. God's offering us a promise of success in, in life. In the purposes of God, please hear me, not the American dream, success in the purposes of God. When we join with God, when we commit with God, when we obey God, when we follow God, God promises you success in everything. And we need to get our brains around this. This is, this is staggering. And it's a promise from the Lord right to us. 
Study this book of instructions continually. Study the book. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then you will prosper and hurt again. Prosper and succeed in some of the things that you try. <laughs> in all you do. This is my command. Here, God, God is not having a stuttering problem here. Be strong and courageous. That's, that's the third time in a matter of a couple of verses. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord is with you wherever you go. Now, this is incredible. Three things God expects from us. First of all, be strong and not fearful. Can I share with you the opposite of strength is not weakness in this context. It's fear. Have you all found out that fear has a way of sucking the life out of you? It causes you to be paralyzed. It causes you not to move forward. It causes you to, to sit still or move backwards. He's saying to Joshua, don't be paralyzed with fear. Instead, be strong, be strong, be strong, be strong. I shared with you a few weeks ago, our world needs braver leaders and more courageous cultures. In other words, we need to move in the strength of the Lord. Amen? And I want to encourage you, the reason that God is saying to Joshua three times, be strong, is obviously because he's fearful. I'm not suggesting that we never experience fear. We do. Some of you men, you're going, I'm going to trust you, Lord, with this, with this pledge. Uh, there's a little intrepidation there. That's okay. That means you're human. But God says, in spite of being human, now let's rise above that and let's move in the supernatural and let's believe God and let's move forth with strength. Can I challenge all the men here? One of the features of manhood, I think one of the distinguishing features of manhood, when you read about the commands in Scripture to men, it is to be strong. Can I encourage us as men? We lead the way. We lead the way with service. We lead the way and lead our families. We lead the way with our giving. We lead the way in our sacrifice. We lead the way. Men, be strong. Uh, this, this is going to be a fun adventure, but not without challenges along the way. Second thing God says to us is be courageous. In other words, don't be discouraged. Have any of you ever dealt with discouragement in your life besides your pastor? All right. Can, can I just say this? The older I get, the more quickly I discern that when I'm dealing with discouragement out of nowhere, it's from hell. It's called spiritual warfare. When you wake up and you're heavy, when you wake up and you're anxious, when you face life and, and you're just wound tight as can be, can I just tell you that is not the Holy Spirit. That is a demonic spirit. And if the devil can discourage you and get you under it, he will neutralize you. Notice he'll use fear to do it. If he can't succeed in fear, he'll use anxiety and depression and discouragement. Can I just tell you, you need to fight hell. You need to fight. You need to say, I take authority over discouragement in Jesus' name. Get out of my life. Get out of my life. Get out of my house. I'm going to walk in the joy of the Lord. And let me just tell you, we, we're in a medical culture. We diagnose everything. I'm giving you a diagnosis today. You could either take drugs and stay depressed, or you can fight the devil. You can, you can deal with the core issues. You can say, what is God trying to teach me in this season of my life? I am not going to sit under this cloud of doom and gloom. I'm going to move in the joy of the Lord. In fact, the joy of the Lord is our strength, which is why discouragement and fear go hand in hand, because if, if the devil can rob you of your joy, he'll rob you of your strength. 
All right? But you need to fight, 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 and realize you have an enemy. Today, when we pray over these pledges, we're picking a battle with the devil. And can I just tell you something? If 2020 has not been a full-out assault on the church of Jesus Christ, I don't know what. It's all under COVID, but can I just tell you, we've seen more of our liberties trampled this year. We've had more pastors who I believe have operated out of a spirit of fear and out of a spirit, a misinterpretation of Romans 13, but we do, we do not know who we are, and we have allowed the enemy to shut our doors. We've allowed the enemy to silence our voice. We've allowed the devil to play havoc on the church, and I'm just telling you, there will be many churches that are boarded up after this season, uh, not because that was God's intention, but because they simply are out of business because they did not uh, withstand the attack of the enemy against that congregation. Can I just tell you what? When we take these pledges today and we lift them up before God, we are pledging war with the enemy. We're not going to be putting any wood uh, on our windows and we're not going to be locking the place down. You ready for this? We're going to be breaking ground. We're going to be taking ground. We're, go we're going to be expanding. We're going to be enlarging. I, I just got to tell you, from, from a spiritual standpoint, nothing makes me more happy than to know that we are, we are literally just saying, devil, we're coming. We're picking a fight. We're, taking the, we're letting the prophet put his arms around our hands, and we're shooting an arrow into the enemy's camp. We're saying, bring it on. And here's the deal. Every place in which our foot treads. God has given it to us. I will be with you every step of the way. I will not abandon you, says the Lord. I will not drop you. I will not let the water come over your head. You're going to move from victory to victory to victory, from success to greater prosperity. There's going to be souls come out of this, greater influence come out of this, but I want you to see today is a declaration of war. We're framing it as that. It's nothing short of that. I want you to get excited. This, the sound of, of, of shields and swords clanging is all around us all right war horses in the i can hear them but god tells joshua three times be strong and courageous because that's what we're going to need over this next three years can i just tell you this too if there's anything i've learned over this season we've been in is the the earth does not have anybody that rightfully deserves the term expert Whenever I hear a news report from an expert, I'm running. <laughs> if I ever turn the news on again, I will run. There's only one expert. God Almighty. And can I just share something with you? I don't know what the next three years have. But I tell you that what I do know, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be stuff. But here's what I do know. God Almighty is on his throne. And can I, just, can I just give you an inside secret? There's nobody more precious to the heart of God than you, his son and his daughter. Can I just tell you something else? There's nothing the devil hates more than this, the collective gathering of God's people. Devil hates it. Hates it. And when we say, you know what, devil, you gave us a pretty good shot this last year. <laughs> We're laughing at you because you're a loser. What that's saying is, you know, our confidence is not in us, me, you. Our confidence is in the Lord. Amen. And here's the one thing I do know. The expert has told me that if we will move out boldly in faith, and he's told you, 
everything that we endeavor in will be successful. God's purposes will be accomplished. Can we end with this? Look at what it says. It also says we need to be strong, not fearful. We need to be courageous, not discouraged. We need to be careful, not careless. Can I just share with you? The mistake most people make is that their lives are full of compromise. They live sloppy grace lives. Can I just tell you, if you're living in sin and you're trying to make this supernatural stuff work, it's not going to work. And then you're going to go, God, how come, Lord, I thought you were, uh, yeah, yeah. the Lord says, be careful to obey everything in the book. What God wants to do is through this journey we're going to take together, when you experience challenges, if you don't have a living, breathing regular encounter with Jesus, if you're not in the Word, reminding yourself of the promises, if you're not eating the Bible and filling your heart with faith, if you're not spending time sitting at the feet of Jesus, this is not some magic stuff. This, is, this all flows out of intimacy with God. And can I just tell you something? The end result of this project is not brick and mortar. It's greater intimacy and faith in your heart with Jesus from walking this out together and ready for this, and the souls who are going to be impacted, who we haven't even seen yet with our eyes, but they're coming. And listen to me. Hallelujah. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. I, I really want you to hear this. There are people that will be worshiping with you three years from now that are going to be part of the fact that you linked your arms together and believe God listened to create the space for them to find their place. Yeah. To create the space for them to find their place. Family members, people that you know, people far from the Lord people that need help, people that are broken. That's the people we have in sight. That's the people the devil hates, but they're coming. I end with this, and then we're going to do something prophetic together. The Lord says, make sure your word, my word is on your lips. Make sure it's in your mind. Meditate on it, and make sure it's in your feet. In other words, do it. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to think about it, but most importantly, we're going to live it. We're going to simply choose to obey the Lord and walk with God. And here's the outcome, and I want you to get this. Then you will be successful in everything you do. And here's another great one. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. I want you to take a moment just to have a seat quickly here. I want to give you some instructions I'm going to have our ushers right now pass out the uh, commitment card. So we'll go ahead and take the time for that. Very important moment. This is where we're picking our fight, all right? So ushers, go ahead. If you need a card, which should be just about everybody, lift your hand up, and we'll make sure we get one in your hand. I want to say this, too, to young people. I know I've seen some of our children that are doing creative things. You know, I joked around uh, that if some of you would just give up your daily Starbucks, you would have an extra $2,000 a year that you could give to the things of God, all right? I'm joking. I'm not sure how much it is, but it's probably close. 
there are ways we can all make sacrifices. The Johnson household is getting rid of all of our cable stuff, all right? Gone. Uh, we're going to actually like talk to one another and talk to God. It's going to be really great. I'm excited about that. There are creative ways that we can find money in the natural, but how many know we're also believing for supernatural? And here's my plea for all of you, okay? If you call Living Stones home, we all can't give the same amount, but we can all give something. And I just want everybody that calls this place home to have skin in the game. Here's why. So that you can experience the thrill of victory. You know, it's terrible if you're on the sidelines and you're watching a great battle before your eyes and you're not a part of it. So I want us all three years from now to be going, Woo! I also want you to believe that if a quarter of our people could do $1.8 million or thereabouts, what could the rest of us do to see that number go way up? Two weeks from now, Two weeks from now, we're going to be sharing that number, and we're going to be sowing the first offering. That's going to be a supernatural history-making moment. And I'm going, to, I'm going to preach the word that morning and make sure you're ready in faith to latch on to uh, moving in supernatural provision, all right? So you will not want to miss that. But go ahead and take a look at this card. And we're going to, if you need a pen, we have pens too today, all right? If you need a pen, raise your hand. We'll get you a pen. We're making this declaration. We, all that we possess is a gift from God. Amen? Therefore, we rejoice in the privilege to participate in this campaign. We're only wanting joyful, rejoicing folks participating, so make sure your heart's full of joy today. Take a moment, if you would, put your name and your phone and your email. And the big, the big uh, number we're looking for is that next line. Total commitment. We're asking for a three-year commitment, all right? Three-year commitment. Some of you will give weekly. Some of you will give monthly. Some of you will give annually. Doesn't matter how, but you could let us know that as well. I also want to mention to those watching online right now, if you will go to the website, we have a spot where you can click on the Now campaign. It will take you to a digital giving page, and you can give digitally online and make a pledge online. In fact, some of you, if you'd prefer to do that, uh, please do it that way. Um, notice I will begin, or we will begin giving. That first Sunday is two weeks from today, okay, is our celebration day Sunday. Some of you might be able to give gifts other than cash. We talked about that. You might have property, stocks, whatever, things that you would sell. Um, but you can fill that out. And then notice at the bottom, it says, this is a statement of intent and may be altered as circumstances warrant. In other words, what we're saying is your pastor is not ever going to be picking up the phone and calling you about your pledge, okay? Or if something happens in your life and what you were hoping to give, you're not able to give, be released. This is not a contract or anything like that. When you sign your name, I like to think of it like when the, uh, when the founders signed the Declaration of Independence. It was an act of war. They knew when they signed their name, they just picked a fight. I'm wanting you to see your name as picking a fight with me, all right? And I do prefer to have more than just me and the Lord, all right? It's kind of nice to have a, a company of fighters, all right? So I want our men to come forward. We have a now bucket. It matches our now letters. Do you like that? A now bucket, all right? And we have a flag because we're, we're putting our flag in the ground, all right? And today we're declaring war with the enemy. And I want all of our pastors and our leaders to come forward, our elders that are in the house. And gather around. But what we're going to do, if you guys can hang off to the side, 
We're going to have uh, you guys come forward again as an act of celebration and faith today and drop your pledge in here. And then we're going to worship the Lord and we're going to end by committing all this to Jesus, okay? So don't leave after you drop the pledge because we're going to have a, a, a time together of prayer, okay? So let's stay on our feet. We're going to worship as you get ready or feel ready. Come on down and drop your pledge in, all right? Let's worship.